It's my first time. First time. Welcome to Babylon 5 for the first time. This is not a Star Trek podcast. My name is Jeff Aiken, and I am watching Babylon 5 for the first time. And I am Brent Allen, and I am also watching Babylon 5 for the first time. Brent, are you okay? You doing all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You're you're just so animated. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to give you the the opposite side. Well, let's, 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 let's just be real here. We're not watching Soul Hunter this week, so I am pretty excited to be here. And you know what? Spoiler alert. This episode was so much better. So much Hunter. better. It really was. It really was. Uh, but speaking of that, uh, we are watching Born to the Purple. That is our episode this week. Jeff and I are two Star Trek podcasting veterans who are watching Babylon 5 for the very first time. Neither one of us, for some weird reason never watched babylon 5 don't even know what it's about we are completely unspoiled to the whole thing so please nobody spoil it for us and what jeff and i are doing is taking those skills and that lens that we have acquired as star trek podcasters and we're going to apply it to to babylon 5 and decide if we really maybe should have watched babylon 5 a lot sooner than now absolutely and again this is not a star trek podcast despite our massive Massive pedigrees in that area, but we're we're gonna we're gonna pull in those references. It's literally what we have trained ourselves to do. But to help us with that, we have a fun game that we like to play. We have the rule of three. We each get three Star Trek references that we can make each episode. That's it. No moss. So Brent, you did a lot better last week than the week before, but still choose your spots carefully. I think last week I only got two. I think so. I think we yeah. both only got to two. I la- did like good. the first week I had to borrow one from you. you did. So uh yeah. No, it's it is fantastic. So like I said, today's episode we are discussing Born to the Purple, Babylon Five. Now, for those of you who haven't watched this episode in a long time, or maybe you're watching it first with us, or maybe you're not even watching Babylon five at all. You're just tuning in to see what the heck these guys are doing, talking about not star Trek. Uh, so Jeff, tell us what this episode was about. Well, Sinclair is, you have to remember that Sinclair, in addition to being commander of the station and the earth ambassador is also the facilitator of so many negotiations and things that happen. Well, on Babylon I'm sorry. 5. I'm sorry, Jeff. He's let's just go ahead and name it. He is also the, uh, flight pilot commander. He yep. is the grappler. Uh, he is, I heard he's the janitor and he actually yep. does a really good job keeping the station clean. He's also the cook around yep. the station as he works well. In the bar. Yeah. He is the bartender. He's also the housekeeper. You know, he oh, comes around and makes up wow. everybody's bed. Um, he does it all. He re- he's also maintenance. He does. He takes care of all the maintenance. He had to replace an outer hull piece the other day, which required a spacewalk on his part. Like, I mean, Sinclair yeah. just does it all. Does everything. Because he's yeah. that good. He's that good. Right. Yeah. Well, in this case, he's taking on he's taking on a big one. He's no, he's facilitating negotiations between the Centauri and the Narn over twelve planets in the Euphrates sector. Londo has been late. He's been absent, not very engaged because Londo has fallen in love with a young female Centauri dancer named Adira. Adira is also pretty taken with Londo. Like it seems pretty real, pretty legit. But we learn 
that she's also a slave. Her owner, Trachis, has ordered her to steal Londo's purple files. There we go. Purple. Those files contain all the dirt he's collected on various Centauri over the years. It's really the foundation of his political power. So she uses a super cool, really fancy mind probe to steal his very, very strong password and is able to steal his files. Before delivering those files to Trachis, to her owner, she has a change of heart and she runs away. And that leads to Trachis hiring thugs from a really cool insectoid-looking guy to keep Londo away. And he finds her and he kidnaps her. In a masterful bit of political maneuvering, Sinclair is able to get the location of Adira by using Talia, remember the Psy the Core telepath that we met two episodes ago, using her telepathic abilities. They rescue her, convince Trachis to cancel his contract on her, and now she's a free Centauri. She heads home while Londo hopes, hopes that she returns to him one day. That is Born to the Purple. Brent, what did you think of this one? Londo and Jakar are back! Hooah! Yes! I missed them! I didn't even miss the Psycho Lady. Uh, from last time, she wasn't in the last one either. I don't think at all. No. Nope. Um. But uh, yeah, Londo and Jakar back. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll get to that in just a minute. Uh. This episode overall, this one felt every bit its age. Okay. To me, like this felt like 1994. Like everything about it. The the I dare I say the hairstyles because we'll talk about those. I'm we'll sure talk about point. hairstyles. Yeah. But like like it just felt that way. This was one of those episodes to me it was a first season episode that really isn't bad like it's kind of entertaining it's pretty good but it doesn't blow you away either it's definitely not soul hunter though and i feel like it might actually be way better because it's coming right after soul hunter like it may feel better to me yeah exactly um but it is one of those episodes that's good enough to keep you interested in coming back like as season one kind of dips in and out it's like okay i hit this episode this one will spur me on for a couple of more episodes you know, like, yeah. like it's, it's that good. Personally, I felt like this one was the most Trek like of the three episodes that we've seen so far. And that's both in substance and in message. And we'll talk about that when we get down towards the end of the show. Um, and B plot. I just didn't care for this B plot at all. What? No. Are and you I'll, kidding me? No, oh. let's, let's talk mm-hmm. about B plot first. Let's go ahead and okay. get that one out of the way. Let me explain why. Okay. Well, first, why don't you explain the B plot first? Oh, sure. So, people so, know we're talking so in about. the yeah. B plot, Garibaldi finds uh, somebody's using the secret communication system that only Sinclair has access to, and they're not supposed to be doing that. And he goes to chase it down, and he takes it to Ivanova, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't really care, dude. Let it go." And turns out, Ivanova is using the super secret secure channel to communicate with her dying father to give and grant forgiveness and be reconciled because they've apparently been a str- and it's really heartbreaking mm-hmm. and it's very touching and there's all of that and he eventually comes back he's like yeah i figured out what the gremlin was because like, oh it's just a gremlin and he's like don't worry the gremlin's never going to happen and ivanova's like okay so you know but we're just not going to talk about it yeah. and that's the whole b plot took about 10 minutes of the whole total mm-hmm. screen time of the episode here's why i didn't care for it b plots are supposed to juxtapose a plots if an A plot is heavy and thick, a B plot's supposed to bring you lighthearted, kind of some chuckles. You know, maybe somehow it dovetails into the main plot. Maybe it doesn't. That doesn't really, really matter. But there's there's a juxtaposition. Okay. That was not what happened here. It's true. This was so heavy. And it was so like it started like it could be kind of funny, and then it went 
not dark. It, it just went deep. It went deep. deep. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, okay. And I mean, listen, my heart went out to Ivanova and Garibaldi was, you know, awesome. it, 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 he was, he was yeah. great, but it also could have been anyone else on the station doing it as well. Oh. Like it just did. And it had nothing, nothing at all to do with the other side of the plot. Like it, it didn't, it didn't give you another aspect of what's happening or anything like that. It's just, Hey, we need 10 more minutes of screen time to fill out this episode. So let's throw this piece in it's filler. And that's why I, while it was touching, I just didn't care for it. Okay. I mean, I, I can see, and, and it is, it's a B story. You could literally lift and drop anywhere. It, they use anywhere, one piece. Yeah. They use one piece of this to tie it to the A story at one point where Ivana was like, Hey, there's this little fight thing uh, going on when Trachis's thugs are getting to Sinclair and Londo is like, Oh, you need to go deal with that. And he's like, Garibaldi shows the most leadership we've seen out of anybody on this show so far where he's like, yeah, my team's got it. I don't need to go do that. I'm going to catch this gremlin here, but yeah, that's the only thing that connects. It doesn't advance the story or anything, but I think this is the, this is the most personality we've seen out of Garibaldi and not, yeah, not throughout everything. And in the one moment, like he, the, the scene, like the blocking of the scene, the pacing of this, everything about this scene is amazing. When he basically calls Ivanova out where he's kind of like standing behind and to the side of her. And he's like, you're right. There's a gremlin. We're not going to hear from him again right and she's like no you won't it's like okay we're good like and just I mean, everything about it was just, just like okay so he's kind of like this macho guy you know that mm-hmm. like prison but also he's super cool super compassionate and understands this and i thought this was a cool thing too afterwards he's like hey listen head to the bar let me let me buy you a drink and then she's like no no i'm working and then as he's running off she's like hold up can i take a rain check can we do that? And here's my hope in the whole thing is I hope that the, I hope that we just saw the beginning of like an amazing friendship between Garibaldi and Ivana, but that's going to be formed on this moment of like extreme trust built between these two friendship or relationship friendship. I don't think it has to be a relationship. And frankly, after seeing what Garibaldi's second favorite thing in the universe is, I, <laughs> I don't need to see him in a relationship. <laughs> Stand by, we'll be right back. Are you ready to take your Babylon 5 for the first time experience to the next level? With our exclusive Patreon, you'll get access to all kinds of cool stuff that you can only find there. Our recording notes, unedited reaction videos, an exclusive Discord community. And you can even be listed as a producer of the show. Plus, we even offer exclusive meet and greets and hangouts. You won't find this kind of experience anywhere else. Get all these amazing benefits, plus the opportunity to interact with other fans from around the world. It's being part of a huge community where everyone shares the same appreciation for Babylon 5. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Babylon 5 first. That's the number five in the word first to get access to these incredible benefits. That's patreon.com slash Babylon 5 first. We can't wait to see you there. Uh, if, they, if they did, that would turn into a whole Ron and Hermione 
thing to me. Like you guys don't really belong together, but you know, well, you're both uh, on the DVD cover. So I guess, I guess we got to do this thing. Right. No, I just want to, I want to see them as professionals because they have this really cool thing where, uh, he's, you know, trying to track down the gremlin and she's like, you, you're on my console again. Why? What's going on? Okay. It's cool back and forth. I'm sorry. Is this a running joke? Have they done this for a yep. couple of episodes now yep. that Ivanova walks in and she goes, why are you on my console? Like, it's not just this episode. At least the second time. I like, I kind of hope this becomes like a running gag throughout the series, the, the course yeah. of the show. Like every time she walks in, Garibaldi's on her console and she's like, hey, what are you doing on my show? I'm yeah, my, I have I'm no my, patience for this. Right, right. Stock like, it off. Like, I kind of, I hope they ratchet it up in different ways and, and different things. I, Cause that'd be, it's a fun way to, to, to do that. Yeah. All right. You got anything else about the B plot? I, I loved it. I have, I have more for okay. it that I kind of said that I'll wrap in our, our closing okay. pieces. Uh, Cause I, to me to see here, I think it's part of the star Trek message in okay. this, but uh, yeah. So let's rewind your overall thoughts on the episode as a whole, but I guess specifically the a plot. So on, on the a plot, I, th- I thought this was a lot of fun. Londo Londo's amazing. And when I see Londo, I see how the Centauri ruled the galaxy like it makes sense when uh when veer kodo when his when his uh his assistant comes in then that all that all falls apart i think that the couple things that i had here was this is just a really cool way of i guess kind of playing that identity crisis that we've seen with londo we used to be so powerful we used to be this and then he kind of has that with adira where he can't believe she's actually really into him I I just, I thought it was really well, I thought it was really well done. The two kind of negative thoughts, I don't know if these are negative thoughts. I'll just say the the two thoughts I have. One, here we are, this is like the fourth overall episode, counting the gathering. Between Soul Hunter and this, not even a mention of Kosh. Not even, don't see him. True. Not even mentioned. It's like, so did the Vorlon mean anything in this whole thing? Was that just a cool outfit? I I mean, he's going to come back. And the only reason that I know he comes back is because when we were doing the gathering, our pilot episode, which is very different than how we did this, one of the, the one of the things that I noted and how they changed, they remember I said they updated the the show mm-hmm. for TNT. One of the things they changed was how Kosh looks at his hand, uh, like so they Out updated. The so he, yeah, yeah, he has to come back. He has to be a thing. But you're right. That's two episodes in a row where not he's not thing. really even a part of it. And in this one, so last time we didn't get Londo or Jakar, and I think that's one of the main reasons it suffered. This time, we didn't get any Delenn, and I did not miss her at all. You're right. We didn't. Mm. Apparently, I didn't miss her either, Jeff. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I think, and then two other things. I just said two, and now here's two more, but I think two other things. We met a new character in here. uh, uh, Kodoth, is that that, that how you say her name? Kodoth, uh, Jakar's aide. Is she going to be around? I hope so. Is she sticking around? I sure hope so. Really? I I I mean. You like her? So what I think is you got Londo and Jakar who are just amazing. And they're they're the alphas, you know, of what they are. So then you've got Kodo and then you've got Kodoth who are kind of like the shtick of the whole thing. Okay. I I buy her shtick so much more than Vera Kodo's. Just the whole like she, some guy's like, hey, let me buy a drink. And she's like. Just straight up hisses at him. It was dumb, but I loved it. I thought it was right. great. It's like the two the two almost really start representing their people group as yeah. a whole, more so than the than the actual characters we get. Exactly. Well, Jeff, before we go too much further then, um, can I can I I, w- I want to talk about our two guest actors real quick. Okay. 
and just kind of point them out because I, I went and looked them up. The first one uh, that I want to talk about is Trachus. Now, Trachus is played by a guy named Clive Revel. Oh, I thought it was um, Gene. I thought it was Gene Simmons this whole time. Seriously, uh, look at him. Tell me that he doesn't does, look. He does. No, yeah. he definitely has a Gene Simmons thing going totally. on. He absolutely does. He absolutely does. But Clive Revel was the original Emperor Palpatine in Empire Strikes Back. What? Before they went back and replaced him, was it Ian McDermott who played yeah, him in, yeah. in the new ones? Before they went back and replaced what? him, it was this was the guy that played Emperor Palpatine How in cool The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, he also, I mean, right in the same genre role as Emperor Palpatine, was the narrator for Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. How cool is that? <laughs> wow. But here's our, th- this does not count as a Star Trek reference. Okay. Because I'm... He played Sir Guy of Gisborne or Guy of Gisborne, however you want to say, in the Robin Hood episode of Next Generation. Oh, Cupid. Okay. Remember, I am not a merry man. Yeah. <laughs> like, he played, he was the bad guy in that episode. So he, we do have a little Trek crossover. Adira Tyree, though, I want to talk about her. She's played by a lady named Fabiana Udenia. The only other place where anybody would ever know, and I'm just going to sneak this in because I can now. She was in the Austin Powers movie, and she played the character a lot of vagina. That she did. Thank you very much. There it is. I'm done. <laughs> I the second she came up on stage, right? So there's there's this burlesque, you know, kind of club yeah, that yeah. she's in with awesome, awesome music. That like yeah. to your point of being of its time, yeah. That right. was but she came out and immediately I'm like, where do I where do I know her from? But like uh-huh. there there's so much with her and Londo eventually. Like, is that oh my god, oh my god, it's a lot of vagina. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> All right, can we just can I say this straight off the bat? Oh yeah. Because this this stopped me cold in my tracks the first like half of this episode. Who the heck is Ambassador Malari? Like it took me forever to figure out that they were talking about Londo. Yeah, yeah. Because really? I'm like, where did this name come from? Is this like his last name? I guess this is his last name. Yeah. Did think, we know that before now? I think so. I think so. Did we? Yeah. I, I never, I never, the whole time, maybe it was just the stank that Jakar had, Ambassador Malari. <laughs> maybe that gave it away for me, but I'm like, yeah, I never questioned that. I, I straight up, I was like, I just, I was like, who is Malari? Why are they calling him Malari? His name's Londo. What are you doing? Like, I just, it took me forever to figure it out. So uh, the, the other, the other thing, and I'm just, I'm going to call this out for what it is. That opening scene that you're talking about when Jakar is in there and, and you know, Londo's like, seat, seat, have a drink, have a drink, have a mm-hmm. drink, which, okay, first of all, Jakar and Londo sitting and having a drink at the same table, given their animosity towards each other. I don't think so. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, when, what's the girl's name? The, the, the female Narn? Adira. No, oh, no, the, no, the no. Narn. No, uh, Kodoth. Yeah, yeah. Kodoth. Kodoth. When she pops up and Jakar goes through that whole, like, <gasps> And he spits out his drinks like, oh, I thought you wouldn't be here for a few years. I mean, days like that is that is next level bad acting. It was not like it it was so like, no, no. Retake that director. Don't let them do that. Here's me given given the the benefit, same benefit of the doubt I gave to Garibaldi was I got to believe that there's no way like they had to have had like 18 takes of that. And they're just like, well, because here. Could you imagine having that makeup on and doing a spit take? You know, I don't know. You're right, though. It was it was so bad. It was hilarious, but it was hilarious right. in a way. I was embarrassed. Like, yeah, in fact, <laughs> I was telling you this before before we turned on the recorder. My my daughter, my six year old, she's watching with me and she's like, what is this? Lamalon five. <laughs> 
like right at that moment. And I'm just like, wow, I'm getting judged straight judged by a six year old right now. That's, right. But yeah, it right. was, that was a rough, that was a rough moment. Yes. Because your six year old watching you watch 1994 Babylon five is like any of us watching our parents watch 1968 TOS. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, uh, here's the other thing. I have a question. Okay. And I feel like I've seen this in a couple episodes, but now I just have to ask. Is it just straight up okay to beat up other people in public on the station with zero fear of consequences, even when it's right in front of the station commander? Yeah. And like, nothing happens to nothing. you? Nothing. And it was that first moment when when a deer is trying to run away and 80s Gene Simmons just literally walks up to a guy and he's like, I'm going to shock yeah. and kill you you're in you're in the middle of a store like there yeah. are people here well There's, but there was that co the kodoth girl like somebody came up and said something and like she takes the guy and like throws him backwards yeah. into stuff too and i'm like she doesn't just growl at him like like she pushed him back and like dude sinclair's right there and he's like yeah it's fine whatever yeah okay i guess that's like, what you do okay so, here's a question i had for you so yeah in uh in the gathering we had Lita Alexander as the the telepath right from Psychor yeah. and she agreed like we, we, we I don't want to say we've been made to believe but we've it's been hinted that Psychor does a lot of conditioning on telepaths yeah and there's a lot of rules she agreed to break that rule to to do an unauthorized scan on Kosh right. so it's like oh, okay well that's kind of an extreme thing saving a life whatever well again here we are with Talia and they kind of dance around a way and get her to pretty much violate her training again uh -huh. to read the mind of Trachis so that they can get, find out where Adira is. My question is like, is this Psychor training? Like how legit is this Psychor training? We're just a handful of episodes in. We've already seen it get broken twice. Well, and they kind of got broken in the exact same way. Like it's almost like they lifted a plot point yeah. from the pilot and used it over here, which I mean, on one level, like you're saying, like, look, it's been a year. People really haven't watched the pilot. So it feels like it's kind of for the first time we're doing it. But for us, it seems so recent because we're watching these like bang, bang, bang. So I, I like yeah. I wonder if that's it. And I hope we don't see them go to this well too many times. The oh, we can't do that because that's against psychor regulation. Well, here's how we get around it's, it. Yeah, I got this loophole I can figure yeah, out. Like I, I don't need them. I don't need to see them go to that uh, to, to go down that path too many more times. Yeah. I will forgive them now, understanding the time difference between the pilot and this one. But with that, I mean, I I do like the way she got around this one much better than the other one because, like, I remember with the gathering we talked about, like, okay, so she goes and does that. Maybe that's why she's not here anymore. She got fired for doing mm, it. Yeah. Like, sure, it made everything work out okay, but you still shouldn't have done it, and you need to have those consequences. Versus here, she kept everything on Above. the surface, yeah, and she just tricked him, and she outsmarted him, and I like that. Well, I think having having really talked trash about Sinclair to kick this off all deserved by him, sure. this, this, this was great on his part he got talia to do that he got yep. jakar to believe that he was about to like get some stuff from londo and and apparently in this negotiation on the 12 planets he or earth had like this compromise proposal and so he mm -hmm. talked to both londo and jakar separately he's like if i can get this to happen will you agree to my con if i can get this to happen will you agree they both said they'd agree brings in talia boom done he takes care of it yeah that's pretty good that's super slick it was very Cisco-esque mixed with a little bit of Nog. 
that's that's worth it that's good it really yeah. is it really yeah. was yeah. like like think of all those episodes with nog where we saw him going out and trading and being like not not sneaky not underhanded but utilizing his this, i think they had three episodes where nog like he did the trade thing where he kept going back and forth incentive-based economics is what he right, called it right. yeah but then you mix that with with cisco and the the just you know those times when Cisco just he just dropped it on the table and was like, "This is how it is." Yep. Like it was it was that kind of uh, that kind of a thing. Yeah. It it was good. This was a good Sinclair episode. Sinclair did what Sinclair ought to do. He I didn't last week we talked about how he goes off and does a bunch of stuff that he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. We referenced that earlier at the beginning of this show. He didn't do that here. Well, you know, I, I, I could make the argument where he and Londo kind of get up in their getups and they go to the burlesque club and I'm being kind calling it a burlesque club, but also yeah. that that's like what I referenced last time. That's the captain Kirk, <clears throat> the captain Kirk approach to it where it's like, Hey, no, it's, this isn't just a me thing. If I was going to say Sinclair shouldn't be there, I'd also be, have to say that Londo right shouldn't and they both he needed to be right. there yeah. it made sense that both of those people go there the thing that didn't make sense to me though is the guy running that store didn't really seem to recognize sinclair exactly. or londo these are two major people on this station and i know the station is huge but in any town you know who the mayor is yeah well and they were in the if club. you're a shop owner right they were they were in the club yeah. as londo and sinclair yeah londo looked super comfortable like he's there all the t he knew some of the, the dancers right? right like and for this right. guy to just be like that and, and and on that overacting tip right like mm -hmm. sinclair oh my god that that mm -hmm. whole scene with the the bartender bar owner guy is just like ah, i get what you're going for here mm -hmm. mission fail mission fail uh so i have a question for you I think last two weeks ago we talked about Centauri, like their hair. Yeah, here we like, go. Like, is this a part of their their skull, or is this like a fashion choice that all the dudes make? So here's my question for you this week: Is there a thing in Centauri culture where the dudes get all the hair and all the girls get is the little Egyptian prince right. thing? Yeah, I like. I, I didn't get what was going on there. I, I didn't. If they hadn't explicitly said she was Centauri, I would have had no clue, right? Right. They've got the um, kind of bushier eyebrows. They've got fangs. Their incisors are a little, a little pointier. They've got the the peacock hair and everything. She had a top knot sticking out of a bald head. Right. That was it. Right. Like, I literally thought it was like, hey, I'm human girl looking exotic in this burlesque club. Like, that's what I thought it was until, oh, mm -hmm. oh apparently that's Centauri. Apparently you're Centauri. Centauri. Um, now... All of that being said, oh, 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 no, no, one more thing, one more thing. We got our first drink. We got our first space drink okay, in okay. Babylon 5. Hot Jala. Hot Jala. Yeah, he called it. Uh, have some hot, and it's apparently some sort of blue liquid that you drink out of a martini glass. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it has an olive in it. Um, you, you mentioned Londo having fangs. Since when has he had fangs? They've got like little, uh, little incisor points. Yeah, yeah. No, I noticed that and I made a note. Since when, like, I've just never noticed that Londo had fangs. I'm I, sure he's probably had it since episode one. Yeah, I feel but like you've been like, pretty, Whoa. pretty. You've been pretty Londo blind, Londo Malari blind this whole time, <laughs> dude. I'm just trying to figure out who the what the heck's going on these first couple of episodes. Who's who and where's what and and whatever. All right, let's talk about this because I think we can actually dive into this one. All right, we learned a lot about Centauri culture mm -hmm. in this in this episode. Um, we learned that Centauri have slave contracts, yeah, but that the slave quote unquote owner is responsible for the actions of their slave, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. 
Um, but we also learned that that uh, they're very concerned in Centauri culture about titles and power and appearances, and that that power is achieved through blackmail. And we also learned that it's really, really easy to mind read, you know, go in and fake somebody out and steal other super sensitive information. And that's, that's the Centauri's and probably why they lost power in the universe. Well, that their encryption is literally wine, women and song. Like that, (laughs) that was his password. (laughs) That's uh, yeah. But no, I, I think we knew before a little bit, at least about just kind of the political intrigue and having dirt on each other. Uh, Londo talked about that before, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and Jakard used that against him with, um, you know, kind of releasing some information about his family on some right. stuff to, to leverage. So, okay, that's a thing. And so of course he's got files on people or whatever, but I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe this is just of the time. It just really feels weird to me that there was literally three words on a computer between him and the entire base of all of his family's political power. That's pretty weak. I honestly just had more of a problem with how easy it was for her to do the mind tap. It looked like at first I thought it was like a uh, Louboutin fingernail polish container. And if, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like it's just big thing. She hangs over his ear and for the just, record. I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Cool. But go ahead. Yeah. They're pretty fancy fingernail polish bottles, really spiky. And okay. big. but when I first saw them, I'm like, Oh my God, look at that. They, they really splurged on a, on a prop here, which is mm-hmm. a good move after soul hunter. Yeah. Literally just hung this thing on his ear after, you know, basically giving him a roofie and asked him a question. He just gave it up. Does this only work on Centauri? Did it only work on him for some thing? Because you're right. It took nothing to get that out of him. And then he woke up, just thought he was a little hungover. Oh, look yeah. at that. Hey, Veer, you you handle this thing for me because I was not feeling great. Yeah, you just you just literally gave away the house, dude. I don't know. For a guy who is an ambassador. Okay, first of all, do these ambassadors who represent entire people groups not have security? Yeah, right. Personal security, like at all? Like how easy, I, I just, I don't know. It, it It's just so weird to me. Uh, and I know we're probably picking about our stuff that the people out there who know Babylon 5 are like, dude, this is, you're not, you're way off base with right. what's actually important happening here. What did you make of the slave contract? Like, it's like she willingly entered into a slave contract or something of that nature. And how does this whole thing work? What'd you make of all that? My first thought was like, okay, so apparently slavery is cool. Like at no point was anybody like, you should not have a slave. It was just, oh, well, I guess she's a slave. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Talked her out of the contract. I thought the contract itself was hilarious. Like he literally produced a piece of paper. (laughs) It was like, here's this thing. But I think about it, maybe it's more of um, in a society like the Centauri that are all those things you just talked about. If you don't have a name or a title or a family or stuff, what other choice do you have? And so they're calling it slavery, but maybe it's more of an an indentured servitude kind of a thing, like with a period, Mm -hmm. you do a thing. All in all, though, it's one of my big beefs I have with Star Wars, like in Star Wars, there's just slaves and there's a slave trade and it's active and nobody's doing anything about it. It's just, Oh yeah, this is, this is how we get stuff done. I hope, I hope there's more to this slave thing in Babylon five than just, Oh yeah, there's slaves and there's, it happens to be a contract, a bill of sale, you know, or whatever. And that's how it works in the Centauri world. Right. Yeah. That's, ooh, that, that's not going to taste that's good. Just how it, 
Yeah. Hey, space flowers. We got space flowers yeah. in a space face. Yeah, that was kind of cool. You know, that was fun. I think I think they did a really good job with that and the heirloom that Londo had. Just kind of some emotional touchstones mm-hmm. on there, and it really, to me, what it showed is there's the relationship with Londo and Adira that's just old dude with a young chick, right? Like there's that, and okay, fine. But this showed that for him, it was so much more than that, yeah. you know, and that yeah. she reciprocated just with that heirloom, the fact that like she, when she betrayed him, she left it, you know, and she's yeah. like, I'm sorry, I left it. But then when she left and they were cool, she took it. And uh, yeah. I thought that was pretty powerful. I loved how they resolved. And by they, I mean, uh, Adira and Londo, mm-hmm. how they resolved their their relationship or whatever it is at the end. Like I loved hearing Londo just kind of look at her and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he's like, look, I'm an old man. I have been in love before and I have hurt, been hurt before. Like he took that like a champ. Cause yeah. he clearly had real feelings for Adira clearly. And she did what he did. He understood. He didn't like it. He actually wanted her to stay. She chose to go and he understood why. And he's like, look, I'll be fine. It's okay. Like, yes, I loved you, but also, I'm okay. Like, yeah. the, like I, I loved that. Yeah. Like he, he didn't do this. Like I'm going to love you forever. And he's just, you're going to tear my heart out and take it with you. And you know, yeah. all that stuff we usually get on TV, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that that's just a little, a, a little, I, yeah, I remember this. I'll, I'll share this story here. I remember what I, back before I met my wife, I was dating a girl and we wound up breaking up. And, and I remember there came this point. I wanted to do the kind of sappy thing. And this was probably back in the nineties. There'll always be a piece of me that loves you. Right. Like I wanted to say that, like, as we were breaking up, but I stopped myself before I did that because I, I sat back and I went, well, hold on a minute. I don't, because when I do find that one that I love and who loves me and that I'm going to be married to, I don't want a piece of my heart belonging to somebody else. I want my whole heart given to the one who actually loves me enough back to stay yeah, with me. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it was, I think it was one of those, like it, that was a moment of maturity for me that like, I, like I crossed a threshold with that. It was a watershed moment. And like, and I see that same thing in Londo here. Like, yes, he has feelings for her. Yes. All of this happened, but he can handle that like a man, mm-hmm. like a champ. Yeah. And I, I loved that for him. And she didn't bend to it. She still went away and did what she needed to do for herself, which yep. was absolutely the right thing for her to do, uh, which is what Ezri Dax should have done after episode three of season seven. <laughs> yep. You're exactly right. Go listen to beam me up a star Trek podcast when that episode airs. Oh, it's out already. Yeah. Go listen to that episode and uh, you'll hear my thoughts on that. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No, is that two for me? That's two. Yeah, that's but two. They're, but they're you two, only have one. They're two really good ones. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Just got to keep track. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's good. You, you're spending them well, and I think that's what yeah. really matters. You know, it's like you don't want to have throwaways. Just just the for the Star Trek listeners out there, what what I've said, and I I truly believe this. I love Ezri Dax as a character. I love that they introduced Ezri Dax in that in the season seven uh, deal of Deep Space Nine. But I also don't think Esri should have stayed on the station. I think she should have gone away, and that would have been a more fitting into the Dax character. And she could maybe have like a can- like a mm-hmm. like a guest spot in a couple episodes, but she didn't need to be a main cast member. Anyway, that's my own thoughts. Go ahead. Again, it's that's be- what I meant when I said that for right? people out there listening. It's beam me up, Pod, to <laughs> to get that one. And yeah, it is. I we could do a whole we could do a whole talk on Esri. Yes. But this, but Jeff, this is not a Star Trek podcast. It is not. But I do think, I mean, do, do you have anything else really on? Um, 
Four into the purple. No, the only th- the only things that I have left are the the messagey part. Yep. Like like because there's some stuff that I want to I want to dive into there. So if you're ready, let's go there. Let's do it. Absolutely. So in this in this section and this week, why don't you go first on this one because you're there? But this is where we really kind of take everything that we've talked about and see if there's a deep moral message, a Star Trek like theme to this episode. We're going to give our final thoughts. We're going to talk about whether we, we would watch this episode again, and then we're going to rate it between zero and five deltas as to just how quote unquote Star Trek this episode was. Brent, go ahead. So Jeff, to me, this really comes down to the question, to to the thing that Londo had said when he was in bed with Adira. And he, he says this idea of I'm just a washed up old Republican. Right. And you know, she talks about it's your title and your power. Oh, it's my title and my power. You're after. She's like, I want nothing more than what I have and, and all this kind of stuff. And here's what I find in this episode is we watch Londo who has come to a spot in his life where he has realized that if you live for the title and for the power that you will ultimately be left unfulfilled and that that is an empty and fleeting mistress to pursue. Love is what is worth living for. And this actually sounds more Harry Potter than Star Trek to me, frankly, but love is what is worth living for. I hear Captain Picard saying at the end of season one, we have gotten past material needs mm-hmm. and wants, and these things don't drive us anymore. What drives us is the betterment of humanity and seeking out our own truth and living our best lives. And here's Londo. I feel like kind of in that same way, he's just saying to hell with appearances. I want something that is real. Unfortunately, this thing that he has with his girl is not real. At the same time, she really seems to have had feelings back for Londo, which kind of made this real. She just had to get away because bad stuff happened. But, you know, he refers to at some point the mask that he wears and Adira has been able to see underneath the mask. And we've got to be able to take that mask off. And and so I, I love that as a message, which I felt wasn't just a single line, but really was replete throughout the entire episode of love is what's worth living for title and power and those kinds of things while fun and good uh, on some levels. I, I like the phrase it's an empty and fleeting mistress to pursue. It's just not worth it. Yeah. How about you? I love that. That's great. Well, before you get to me, how many, oh. how many deltas you want to give this? Oh my deltas. Yeah, you got to oh. rate it. Okay. Uh, it's hard, we're doing man. one to five, zero, zero to, to five. That's right. I, I'm going to give this one a, f- Hmm. How the it's how Star Trek is this episode. I'm giving I'm giving this one a five. I think this is this is so down the line as a Star Trek episode, wow. Star Trek type episode. Okay. I'm giving it a five. That's that, I don't I don't know that I have my my rating system out right. I know like I I almost don't want to give it a five. Like I'm gonna give it a four just because. But I no I think this is this is a Star Trek episode, that's, which kind of makes it binary to me. I guess a little bit right. Like, yeah, like well if it I, it's, is it's, then it's about a five. As, <laughs> yeah, it's about as Star Trek as you as you're gonna get. I was okay. No, I'm gonna pull it back to a four because in Star Trek they really don't talk about love at all. They really don't. And Star Trek, they talk about society and where we are as a people and what drives us and why, you know, the okay. betterment of everybody. They're really very rarely are they talking about love or a person you or know? individual. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And being this, you know, I'm doing this for love. Like very rarely do we really ever see that. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a four. Okay. Just because of that. Stand by. We'll be right back. 
Hey, are you a big fan of stand-up comedy? Have you been enjoying laughing? I like laughing. If you get a chance, check out the podcast Stand-Up Comedy, your host and MC. That's Stand-Up Comedy, your host and MC, where we have interviews and great comedy sets from all kinds of great stand-up comics. If you get a chance and you want to laugh, I like laughing, give it a shot. Stand-Up Comedy, your host and MC. No, it's 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 interesting. I don't disagree at all. And in fact, a big part of what I had here was that exactly just that whole piece of, and I didn't point it at love. I pointed it at uh, fulfillment, right? Like how do mm-hmm. I, as a person fulfill kind of my, my place, you know, in society or whatever, or how do I provide the most value and things like that? But kind of talking through that, it, it makes me question some of my, my thoughts. So I'll go through this and rate it, but then I'm going to say my rating is a little open based on what we just talked about. So what I'll add to what you'd said about the titles piece is in the Deep Space Nine episode, Trials and Tribulations, which I swear if you have not watched, you need to pause this podcast right now. Everything in your life you need to put on pause. Go watch Trials and Tribulations. I mean, seriously. It's so good. It's so good. It's like the perfect episode. It really is. But it's, it's so funny. So it's 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 funny. It's so funny. It, My wife and I watched that episode and we cackled all the way through it. It's so good. Yeah, it's just it's per it's perfect. It just hit every note. Yeah. But in it, they so they go back to the original series time. Steep Space Nine crew and they're back on the Enterprise with Kirk and Spock mm-hmm. and everybody. And uh, Cisco dresses up as a lieutenant in there. And it really hit me watching that episode how Bashir got hung up on that. He's like, but you're you're a captain. Like, he's like, I, it doesn't matter what my title is. What matters is what I can do to get done what I have to get done. And I feel like that's kind of where Londo came where it's exactly what you said. It's not, it's not my title. It's what I can do and how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. And it's that feeling thing that got me to my big message in this. We had Garibaldi and Ivanova, and then we had Londo and Adira that at the end kind of had the same place they landed, which was, mm. I'm going to take care of me, right? So Ivanova violated everything. And I think like there's a whole conversation we could have about why she chose to, I'm sure Sinclair would have been supportive of her taking time to talk to her dad. But I think that she's a woman in an executive level of power who didn't want to show weakness. And, and as we talked about before, a Russian woman didn't want to show weakness and wanting to talk to her family or something. So she felt that she had to hide it, but Garib- so she's going to take care of herself. Garibaldi though, sees that and he's not going to hold it against her. He's going to help take care of her in a non-judgmental mm-hmm. way. So then we look at Londo and Adira where Adira is going to take care of herself doing what Trachis, her slave owner wants her to do. And then she's going to make that decision to run and put her whole life really, you know, at risk to get away from Trachis and not throw Londo under the bus. And then Londo comes around. And just like you said, he's like, look, you do what you got to do. I want you here with me, but you do you because I'm going to help take care of you. And I think that's part of what Star Trek teaches us is that we have to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. And I think we saw, had two incredible examples of that in this episode. So my thought was to give this four deltas four 
I agree. This is very much a Star Trek episode in a lot of ways. But we just talked about how Star Trek tends to focus on the society on the whole. And you and I both really drove this down to the individual. Right. I want to stand by four deltas, but I'm going to just hold it up and say, like, does that does that hold water? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I I think because you know, I gave it four deltas ultimately, and I think you should too. Um, no, I I think that's good because Star Trek does also deal with the individual piece, like the the whole idea of Star Trek being individually we seek for these things for the betterment of society, and here it's individually we're seeking these things so that I can actually do my job yeah. as a well, and we could just be people, like because within like the, that's the whole thing. Society is made up of people. Mm-hmm. Society isn't a thing in and of itself. Like it is made up of individuals. So uh, yeah, I don't have any problems. I I wouldn't knock it down just because of that. For me, the reason of knocking it back, like I said, is more just because Star Trek doesn't tend to go with the feely emotional thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like we, we do see war. We see, you know, what we see in Star Trek a lot is passion. Yeah. Okay. And I I think of like a wharf and Jadzia, like, I don't know that I would say there was a lot of love, but there was definitely a lot of passion there. Mm-hmm. A Tom and Bolana, a lot of passion there. Uh, Riker and Troy, even. I don't think anybody would say that there's not love there, but I think passion probably describes that relationship, especially through the TNG years, the on again, off again, mm-hmm. way better than love, so to speak. Yeah, does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, so it does deal with it, but on the whole, I think... Star Trek is definitely more about uh, passion. And here I think they were talking about love, but it's similar. It's similar enough. So great episode. And I think one piece we didn't hit. I, yeah, I would watch this episode again. I would too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is, this is the kind, this is what I'm here for. This is the kind of TVM. This is my favorite episode so far of everything we've watched. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still go back to my opening statement. This is a first season type of episode. You hit an episode like this and like, it's really good. It's good enough that even if the next like two episodes, maybe three episodes are kind of like, I'll watch through them going, but there's going to be a good one here soon. Yeah. And I like, I need a good one to come in to keep me moving. This one will propel me for a few episodes, but I hope that if you take this episode and compare it to like, say a season four or season five, maybe even a season three episode, this one's not going to compare. Like those are just going to be so much better. That's my hope. But for season one and where we are, this one's going to propel me forward. And I, yeah, I absolutely would watch this one again. Well, our next one. So hoping that we don't have to get pulled through, right? Hopefully we get another one, but our next one is Uh called infection. And as is it, it is, is it, it and let's talk about what we do here. Right? So, we we look at the next title. That's all we look at. If you out there want to hit us up on Twitter at Bob Babylon first, laugh at us, call us morons, tell us how far we are off, or tell us we're dead on on things. Don't tell us what those things are. Don't spoil anything for us. We don't want to know what's coming. So we like to guess, play a little game, and guess what the next one's going to be about. So Brent, it's called Infection. I think this one's kind of sci-fi 101, but what do you what do you think this one's going to be about? For those people not watching the YouTube channel, I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now at hearing the name of this episode. I have often said, I say it on my own show, Beam Me Up, quite a bit. There are episodes, there are stories that every single sci-fi show out there does a take on. 
Like one of them that everybody does is so-and-so gets knocked out of phase and nobody else can see them, but they're still there, but everybody else thinks they're dead. Every show has done that one. The other one is, oh, so-and-so committed a murder, but our, like our guy committed a murder, they're charged for it, but he doesn't remember it or he didn't do it or whatever. And so now we got to go to trial or we get like, they all do Mm -hmm. every single one. Here's one of those. That's what I think this one is. This is somebody gets a disease. They bring it in. It's maybe it helps them. Maybe they start de-evolving like they did in Stargate SG one and like they did in next generation and like they did in Voyager and like they did, I'm sure on some episode of, of, any other galactica yeah Yeah. i mean it's going to be one of those an infection is going to get brought in it's going to take over the whole thing uh you know and they're going to have to find a way to eradicate it because it's going to knock people strange new worlds right as we're watching this strange the third episode of strange new worlds premiered last week as we're recording this and that was that episode yep lower decks did this episode as their pilot episode i believe it was yep like everybody does this episode yep here we are that's that's what i think it is you said star star sci-fi 101 so yeah it's what it is is. my hope right this is i guess like wishful thinking there's going to be because we've got the different sectors like the alien sector and the whatever maybe that's going to play a role and we learn a little more about the atmospheres or something or something I don't know, but we're going to find out next time right here on Babylon 5 for the first time. Not a Star Trek podcast. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, listen, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and wherever you are listening. Perhaps you're listening on Podbean or Podchaser or Podcast Addict or Overcast or simulcast or any of those other casts you're listening to us on some other platform other than apple we'd ask you to do us a little favor stay right where you are listening to us that's awesome but run over to apple for us real quick because almost everybody has an apple id find our podcast over there leave us a quick rating and review and if you're on apple leave us a rating and review uh because we would love to hear that and we would love to see that from you guys and you know obligatory it helps the show although people say it doesn't but yeah it actually does because it's called social proofing you say you like the show other people will see it too and say they do so please go do that and find us on twitter at babylon first that's how you can contact us there the only thing we ask you not to do is spoil anything for future episodes that are coming up please don't do that don't I, we don't want to know about new characters that come and go or old characters that leave the show we don't want to know about you know oh just wait until something, something happens we don't want to know any of that we're going to go through this completely unspoiled so uh guys i guess that's going to do it for us and um until next time live long i, I think I, I think i got it i think i got it this time Jeff. until next time be well and we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll come up with a better way to end this thing. Can I just say it? Can I just say live long? No. Only if you you have one more you can use. You got to use. Well, here it, we go. But you can do it. We'll come up with something next time, everybody. Live long and prosper. It's not a Star Trek podcast. It's my first time.